It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Laura Pereno. I'm sure, like me, you've experienced some times of shaking in your life, and perhaps to an even greater extent these days, as so many things around us seem so uncertain. My new book, Unshakable God, His Character in Our Chaos, shares my personal story and a Bible study on the book of Joshua, showing how we can stand unshaken in these times if we hold on to the hand of our unshakable God. You can find Unshakable God on Amazon in print or Kindle format. For more information, email me at laura at lauraparenoministries.com. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. I'm Debbie Kiever and Laura Pereno is with me. We are excited, aren't we, Laura, to be in a two-month series called Planted for Growth. Now, presently, as we are recording this, uh, Nashville, uh, Franklin, Tennessee area where Laura is, you guys are under a lot of ice, aren't you? It does not look like anything is going to grow for a very long time, Debbie. Yes, we have a lot of snow and ice here, which is crazy. It's a little backwards because today it actually hit 50, no, 49 degrees here in Delaware. And I know that you guys and our friends in Texas are experiencing uh, weather like you are not prepared for. Apparently people in um, Franklin don't know how to drive in the ice. (laughs) There's just no plows. (laughs) Not enough plows, I should say. And it's eight degrees. It's very, very cold. Oh, it's so different. And those seasons, right, that you're you're waiting, you're kind of thinking spring is around the corner and and Mm -hmm. right now everything is shut down for you. But boy, we are excited to see those plants start to grow as spring um, is right around the corner, even though you can't feel it quite yet. But when we're listening to this in March, our hope is that you guys have defrosted and possibly <laughs> up here by the, the third third week of March, we might have some crocuses or, you know, some of those old daffodils peeking up through the mulch. It'll be exciting. I can only dream about it at this point. <laughs> but as we've been walking through um, this series on grow last week, we had a lot of fun in Psalm 1 focusing on what is it going to take to be that person you know, the, the guy or gal who is planted by streams of water, really content with their lives. It doesn't mean everything is going smoothly, but content meaning you just know that you're in a safe place, that God is providing for your needs and yielding fruit in every season of life, uh, not wilting, you know, or, and withering up. You might be a little wilted, but not withering up and, and prospering. The, there was such a, um, there was a math mathematical phrase in that teaching where verses one and two really set you up for verse three. We talked about in verses one and two, there's real clear instruction about what we need to stop doing. And those specifically things that we needed to stop thinking and stop doing and stop speaking. And that led us into verse um, two. That's right. And that says what we should be doing, right? So we talked about the things that we shouldn't be doing. And then we said we need to start meditating on the word of God day and night, delighting in it. You can almost see David, you know, writing Psalm 1 here. He was one who just loved to meditate on the word of God. And that is really what we need to do in order to be that person that we talked about last time. Debbie, don't you just wish that it was 
so simple to grow, right? Oh, Don't yeah. you just wish that there was like uh, just a, a lineup of things that we need to do and then boom, there would be growth and, and it would be easy and over with and super done. But we end up with so many uh, surprises along the way. In fact, this brings me back to a, a time when I first moved into the house uh, that we lived in in Delaware and there were these just huge flower boxes in this yard. They were so big that they they had to be sold with the house. They were just so huge. And when I got this flower box, you know, I was so excited to to plant my plants that spring. And one of the things I knew about the people before me was that they used really quality products in everything that they did. And so I knew that this dirt was going to be really quality dirt. In fact, I started calling it the like the the gold like this dirt was the gold, and so I started getting this you know turning this potting soil over maybe added just a little bit more in put a little bit of miracle grow in just in case and then I picked out the plants that I wanted according to the color scheme that I wanted because we all know right we have this grand idea or I don't know Deb we talked about the fact that you weren't really into plants a long time ago but now you know we get this grand idea of what the color of our plants are going to be and I started planting exactly what I wanted but time went by and what I realized was out of this dirt was not just growing my beautiful plants. There were mystery plants growing <laughs> in the beautiful dirt. And uh, some of those mystery plants started to kind of wrap around the plants that I had chosen to put in there and were choking them out. And it's interesting because when you get this flower box and it has some dirt or some soil in it already, uh, it starts to dawn on you now looking back, hmm, when you get a flower box full of dirt, there might be more growing in there than you planted. It's like more than you bargained for. Exactly. And, exactly. and what's ironic is you assumed that whatever was, you know, even if something grew, it was probably quality because the people exactly you was know, made an assumption man that is such a parallel to our lives laura if our lives were like that flower box you know we are born with a certain genetic makeup from our parents we are also inheriting spiritually uh seeds that were planted long before we were even conceived we're going to be talking in a little bit more depth about that. In the flower box of our lives, there are also seeds that have been planted in the middle of our lifetime. Like they, we've experienced it. Other people have come along and put some seeds in there when we weren't looking. And then there are seeds that we've planted that we've planted and that we need to take a deeper look and see well, what exactly is growing, who put it there, and do I want it to be growing there? When we start off thinking about you got that flower box and there were things that were under the surface, you were not aware that somebody had planted, or maybe it was just birds had dropped seeds. You have no idea where it came from, but things that were there long before you got that flower box, it takes you to Exodus 20 verses five and six. I'll read it from the New Living Translation. Now in context, this is actually referring um, to the nation of Israel about idols that they had been uh, worshiping it's that's any person or place or or thing that they held in higher estimation than a relationship with God something that they would run to instead of running to him so let me pick up in verse five you must not bow down to them that's the idols or worship them 
For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. Let me just stop right there. That's like seeds that were planted that are not good. That's like planting weeds, you know, way back previous generations to three and four generations out. Each generation is going to reap a harvest of those bad choices of this of their generations before them. But verse six, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and who obey my commands. That's the flip side, right? Then you've got generations that have planted really positive godly character traits into their children. And it's, you know, it continues on out to three and four generations. So as I think about that, Laura, I mean, what are some of the plants, you know, what are some of the behaviors, maybe the belief systems or strongholds of thought, you know, or ways of living that run in families? You know, it's like an emphasis. These things just start springing up. Maybe you didn't really see them until you became an adult or when you entered into a marriage relationship where you're raising your kids and suddenly you are saying, oh my gosh, I, I'm acting like my parents or my grandparents. Where did all this come from? I mean, I just let's just run through. Let's kind of brainstorm. What are some of the things that we see, tendencies that go back and forth in families? Well, even as you were talking there about the third and the fourth generations, I think about how people handle conflict. Oh, and, yeah. you know, we tend to handle conflict in the same way that we saw, especially conflict between a spouse or with our kids in the same way that we may have seen that done in our homes. And so some families handle conflict by, you know, yelling or uh, bursting out. Other families handle conflict. I mean, you can see the silent treatment going on, right? So I think that one of the ways, one of the things, these seeds that we plant is how we handle conflict in front of our children or in front of the next generation, whatever that looks like in our circle. Um, how we handle conflict is going to be passed down and we can create a, a, a heritage or a legacy of people who yell at each other or give each other the silent treatment, or we can do it the right way. It gets really exciting when somebody marries into a family that does it the opposite way. Yeah. You know, you have the yeller yeah. and then the one who says, okay, I'm not talking to you for three weeks. That's right. So I yell louder. That's right. <laughs> Just That's perpetuates right. itself. I see a lot of trends in families over finances. Mm-hmm. You know, if there is um, a tendency to, like, first of all, if you just step away from God's direction of how we work, handle our money with tithing or being generous, and you're coming from a family that uh, maybe spends and spends and spends and doesn't doesn't have a budget, you know, doesn't really take account for where the money is going, you see that run through generations where there's debt that just you can, you're always getting the hard knocks, you know, yep. the hard knocks of life. But some of the decisions that are being made, many of the decisions that are being made are not coming from healthy fiscal management. Debbie, some of these are really heavy things, right? We're talking about um, how people handle conflict or we're talking about how people handle their finances. And, and we do tend to uh, continue on in the path that we have seen through the generations in our family. Some of them can be a little bit lighter, and yet we see that they're really negative uh, things that we carry on. I remember my mom when we were growing up, and, and she would 
laugh as I'm telling you this, but she would bake a lot when we were in school and we would come home and it would look like there was no dessert and yet she had it hidden away in the kitchen. And she would say, A, she knew that my dad would eat more of it than he needed to, but she also knew if it was in her sight, she would eat more than she needed to, and so she would keep it um, hidden away. Well, don't you know? I used to think, how can this be? Now, I'm the adult, and I found myself, when I got married, I was baking all of the time, and I was finding myself eating way more of the baked goods than I needed to eat, and I started hiding the baked goods. So we do follow these patterns that we have witnessed generationally. Um, and whether it's something as simple as not being able to control yourself with what you eat when it comes to sugar or how we interact in conflict or with finances, um, these are seeds that are planted. These are things that impact the next generation. And they're, whether it's physically not healthy, spiritually not healthy, or emotionally not healthy, you know, they're not, they're not the healthy way to continue on uh, through the generations. You know, I, I just want to bring up one more that's kind of a category. There's a lot of specifics that would fall in there, but these might be some of those tendencies towards uh, addictive behaviors, you know, uh, whether it's um, something with a uh, drug or alcohol or shopping or just yeah. things that are like compulsive. They're too, they're too extremes or you see in families, different levels of abuse uh, to divorce, to affairs. And you like, gosh, you're like, I can count backwards to multiple generations of marriages that ended uh, because of an affair. And yep. you're like, I don't want my family. I don't want my marriage to end that way. And so that's one of those things you're like, man, this is, there's a pattern here. We need to identify where did it start? Like where did yep. that initial seed get planted so that we can deal with it? But fortunately, it's not all the negative stuff that, that grows. It's some positive stuff too. That's right, because if we go back to verse 6 in that chapter in Exodus that you read, God says, I will lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commandments. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, prior to that, it was the third and fourth generation is what they will, you know, that the negative would fall upon. And yet when we love and obey, those generations aren't just three or four generations out. It is thousands a thousand generations i mean god really turns it around when he's ready to bless he is ready to bless and some of those things <laughs> yeah exactly overly you know beyond what we can ask or imagine and i just think it's amazing because even as i think about uh growing up my grandfather you know he was a man of prayer he was a man of the word he had come to the lord later on in life when he was raising his family and man the way that he taught me to pray the way that he taught me to keep God first in my life. I saw that sewn into my mom's life. I saw my mom sew it into my life. And, you know, and now that is my desire, right, to sew it into my daughter's life and into my granddaughter's life, that that, that covenant, that desire to, to make it a household of prayer would be something that follows my family um, for a thousand generations because I saw my grandfather pour into it all those years ago. You know, the law of sowing and reaping is not just a spiritual event. It's, it's, if you plant a watermelon seed, you get a watermelon plant. Yeah, that's right. So it's, you are reaping truly what you've sown. And I think back to my mom and dad's, uh, my mom's um, mom and dad, they were not believers till the end of their lives. And yet they, I look at a lot of my makeup came from 
traits that they exhibited mm. they were they were very generous people mm. they and they didn't know the lord they were very yep. generous people so they lived a lifestyle of how can i bless people yeah and by by really giving and providing for needs and i look at that in my mom and dad you know my mom was influenced by her mom and dad and then i see that uh, carry on in just what what makes me tick right yep wanting yep. to be generous to people but that's even coming from someone who wasn't following the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are scriptural principles that apply regardless of whether or not the person has a relationship with Christ, but generosity, you know, that is definitely something that you see go down through families. Absolutely. And then you look at things like strong marriages and relationship with, with their kids. I mean, the, the way that we see our parents' marriage is, is some of the way that we are going to respond in our marriage as well. So when we as married people or individuals thinking about getting married, when we ha- as married people have these strong marriages that show how to come out of conflict correctly, how to turn to the Lord in all of our situations, our disagreements, our our hard times and our good times, that is going to flow into our kids' marriages too. And our relationship with our kids. What is our relationship with our kids? I love, love, let me tell you. Now I've got this eight-month-old little granddaughter and I hear Emily saying things to her that I say, oh my goodness, I said that to you. And I love seeing those seeds, those healthy seeds that, praise God, he allowed me to plant into that soil of Emily. And now she is planting those same healthy seeds into Lily. Um, There's such joy in that. And I wonder, Debbie, if we can even like take a side note here. If it gives me such joy to see the seeds that I have sown into Emily growing in other people, what joy it must bring the father, right? When he has sown into us, his children, and then he sees us responding in the same way that he would respond. That is just, that must just be a a joy to his heart. Uh, I know because it is to mine. You know, I saw um, my son, Dan, uh, wrote on, my husband had a birthday the other day and, you know, everybody on Facebook is shouting out things. And Dan said a simple line that really struck me. He said, um, he had a picture of the two of them together. And he said, a lot of people tell me you're, you remind me a lot of your father. And then the the next line, he goes, I just say, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like saw such that. a simple line. Yes. So profound, you know, Yes, and I'm, that you're right. You know, God is like, Hey, that's you, you just did reminds yes. me of me. Yes. You know? Yes. So, yes. So beautiful. And again, these positive seeds, you know, we, we, the spiritual ones that you pass down are, um, are coming from the heart of God, but just the good seed, you know, yep, being a person right. who says, I, I have an emphasis on speaking the truth. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. You're going to do the right thing. Well, that came down from several generations of saying sometimes doing the hard, the hard thing is the right thing, but t- right. tell the truth, be honest about it. So what a great, you know, what a great reminder when we see the negative that's creeping up as well as the positive it some of this stuff is coming from seeds that were planted three four generations ago that's right you know these are all seeds and these are the plants that come from the seeds that were planted long before we were conceived and so i guess the question really is what do we do with these plants that are springing up where we don't want them 
in the flower boxes of our lives. Like I know what I did to the plants that were in my flower boxes, right? I just went over and I pulled them out and threw them out. When the next one grew, I pulled it out and I threw it out. But what do we do with these plants that have grown up in our, our hearts, our emotions, whatever it might be? You know, there's there's a couple of steps here we can take. And I think the first thing is we need to acknowledge that our ancestors, our family members before us made choices that did not honor the Lord and that we are reaping the, the the plants from the seeds that they have sown. You know, we need to acknowledge the fact that there are repetitive cycles that need to be broken and the seeds were planted by somebody else. Second thing I think we need to do is, you know, those are our family members, right? We need to choose to forgive them for the choices that they made that didn't line up with God's word for their sinful choices. And we need to ask God to forgive us for holding uh, these things against them. It's easy to say, and, and you went back to the addictive patterns, it's easy to say, oh, my, you know, my, my father was like that, or my grandfather was like that, or that just runs in the generations. No, it's we need to acknowledge that these things existed, choose to forgive those people that have perpetuated that behavior, which now has become of our behavior, and then ask God to forgive us because we don't want to hold those things against them. Um, it's easy to say, oh, he's always just been like that and look at it as a negative thing. But we don't want to be the one who judges them for the behaviors that they had either, right? We need to choose, and this is really the third thing, that going forward, we are going to honor the Lord in the particular area of life where there has been a struggle generationally. So it's almost like we acknowledge the the seed that has been sown. We choose to forgive the one who has sown the seed. And then we make a choice that we will not hold that uh, that behavior against them and that we will start planting new seeds in that flower box, that we are going to honor the Lord in the same particular area of your life. Because honestly, if I were to just take that plant out of that flower box and throw it aside, I have now turned over good, healthy soil that the next bird, like you said, or the next um, unwanted plant can just find a home right in that spot. We need to honor the Lord in that area of our life, not just dig it up and throw it away, but plant something that is honoring to God in the flower box of our hearts. There's an interesting phenomenon with uh, dealing with forgiveness and unforgiveness. When we judge somebody and we allow that judgment to keep growing and it gets bigger and bigger, we actually begin to take on that very character quality of the person that we've been judging. We basically become the next generation of that person. So you think of a, a person who has um, withstood some real horrible, uh, maybe abuse or, or horrible words that have been spoken over to them by a parent and they're still judging them. It's they're shocked at how now they are repeating that behavior to their ch their own children. Mm, You've mm. become the parent that you mm. were judging. And yeah. so what a, what a, it's a scary phenomenon. So a, yes. it's an eye opener. You need to take a pay, pay attention to it. But then you've got these seeds that other people have come along to your flower box and they've put them in there. And this would be like the person who has spoken words into your life. Uh, that first podcast for the month really emphasized the power of negative words that are spoken over our lives that stunt growth, you know, that just keep it from happening. Uh, behaviors that have impacted us, people that have done things wrong, that we are now, we're collateral damage. You know, we mm -hmm. are experiencing some of the consequences of their choices. And so 
their words, their decisions have tremendous power to grow things in our lives that we don't want there, you know? So we're going to have to figure out how to, how do we handle that? It's like somebody sneaking in the fall and sticking bulbs in my garden that I didn't want to be put there. But unless I deal with those bulbs, the spring is coming and those babies are going to grow and have a harvest. So some of the stuff that we might struggle with as adults Somebody in our childhood did something, said something, gave us a perspective that has just grown, and we're experiencing the harvest now. That's right. Galatians 6, 7, Debbie, and you know, we love bringing it back to the Word of God. That's where all wisdom, true wisdom starts. But Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. And here it is. You will always harvest what you plant. Absolutely. Like you will always harvest what you plant. This is another place where you were talking about the fact that spiritual principles don't only take place in the lives of people who are following after Jesus, right? Spiritual principles are what happens in the world. You will always harvest what you plant. When I plant tomato plants, I get tomatoes. I get nothing or I get tomatoes, right? There's right. nothing else that's going to come out of that plant. <laughs> when I plant a tree, an apple tree, I'm going to get nothing or I'm going to get apples. Like I'm not going to get an orange. So, you know, what do we do with these unwanted plants or growths in our lives that are there because of the choices of someone else? And really it does go back to that word forgiveness, which we just talked about a second ago. We have to make a choice to forgive the person specifically for what they have said or done or planted in your life. For example, what words did they speak over you, you know, or talk about you to others? Was there gossip going on? And what impact did their choices or behaviors have on your own life? We have to specifically choose to forgive. Now, I know, and we all know that forgiveness is hard, but I'll tell you, I've been reading through the end of the book of Luke right now, and it blows my mind, the level of forgiveness that we have been forgiven by God with. And if we, if he forgave us from all of these uh, offenses and from, you know, everything that we have held onto, if we have been completely forgiven by someone who has never done anything wrong, surely we can choose to make that choice to forgive someone for a word or a choice that was made that impacts us. You know, he forgave us of so much and he asks us or tells us to forgive. We want to do that same thing. And there's, don't forget, there's step two. You know, I would think back to that big teaching we did on forgiveness in Frozen in that earlier month. It's two pieces. The second part is just as important. We need to ask God to forgive us because we are harboring some kind of anger or bitterness or judgment against somebody like, what? you have no right to do that to me. Yep. You know, and so not only do we choose to forgive them, but now our heart has been poisoned yep. by that, by that judging spirit. So God, forgive me because I am speaking negatively about that person, uh, to that person, you know spreading spreading stories about them forgive me because that's my problem and that's where you ask the holy spirit to come and invite him into that space into your heart look there's been a bulb that's been sitting there trying to grow and and those two parts of forgiveness pull the bulb out but now you got a hole yep you know you can just sit there and keep looking at that hole look what you stole from my life and you're still really not through forgiveness at that point or you can say holy spirit would you come and begin to fill truth into that area. Yes, this person has spoken these things about me. I've already dealt with the forgiveness piece, but I still remember what they said. 
So it's not like your memory goes away. So Holy Spirit, will you come and plant bulbs of truth? Like the scripture, like what does scripture say that is true about me? Because God, it's coming from your heart and let that grow. You know, you keep watering it and nurturing the word of God and it will grow up in your life and produce fruit in all seasons and it'll, you'll prosper and you will be healed. And then you got to keep, it's a daily choice. It's not like one and done. It's that daily choice to, to live differently when you've got patterns that have been part of your makeup for how many decades. And now you're trying to change the ship's direction. You know, it's like, I need to make choices every day when someone tries to put that junk back in there. Nope. Off limits, you know, I'm not going to be listening and entertaining those thoughts. I need to walk it out differently based on the truth that he has spoken over me. Yeah, there are an awful lot of seeds out here, Debbie. And really, it just strikes me that uh, there are so many different ways that the wrong seed can get planted in our flower box. But finally, you know, the one that we want to address is the plants that are grown in our flower box uh, from seeds that we plant ourselves. <laughs> and, you know, it, it almost, I don't know, I'm not going to say easy because none of them are easy. They're, it's all a work that we have to yield to the Holy Spirit with. But it's almost easier to kind of um, maybe say it's because of this or it's because of that. It's generationally or whatnot. It's still hard to work through. But you got to take ownership for the ones that we have planted ourselves, first of all, because we want to get them out of our hearts but we also don't want to be somebody that is going to stir up and, and plant a plant or a, a weed that is going to go from generation to generation and impact the rest of our family as well. But we have to own the things that we plant in our own hearts, man. These things open doors. What are those things? You know, what are the things that we plant in our own seeds uh, or in our own flower boxes? You know, there are beliefs that don't line up with the word of God. There are behaviors that don't line up for the with the word of God. And while there certainly have been beliefs and behaviors, you know, ever since the Garden of Eden that don't line up with the word of God, it's not, uh, it doesn't take much to find these days on television or talking to other people or reading a book or hearing people talk about their opinion or other philosophies that we don't have the opportunity to find other seeds that we can plant in our garden that become open doors for things that we should not be allowing in. I think back, Laura, to my early days of Weight Watchers back in 2011. I literally walked in and when they started, you know, asking questions in the class, um, one of the questions re revolved around what do you think is the source of this, your struggle with eating and I immediately said I have two teenage boys and the house is full of teenage boys you know how much they eat and how much cooking I have to do and the leader <laughs> very nicely but got right in my face in front of everybody else and she said ask answer this question for me did the kids hold your mouth open and oh, shove yeah. that pizza in yeah. or did you do that and I was like yeah. ah you know I immediately yes. tried to blame somebody else but she took it turned it right back around wow who fed you and I'm like right. me all right now I sat down and shut up I had to own that one <laughs> but there you go I mean that's the perfect example of of what we do we have to take ownership for the things that we have planted in our own flower box that don't belong there and so uh like we go back to Galatians we are going to reap what we sow. And so when we sow incorrect things into our hearts, into our emotions, into our thoughts, mm -hmm. we are going to reap 
what is the the outcome of those things that we have sown. Boy, that's challenging to me, Debbie, and I know it is to you, and I'm sure it is to all of our listeners, because, you know, we want to be individuals, women, we want to be that gal, right, that, uh, and men, who really plant good seed in our own garden as we continue to plant good seed in other people's lives as well. So we really need to take an inventory of what is growing in our lives. You know, what What plants do we want to see coming out of the flower boxes of our lives? What habits do we want to hold on to and continue so that they will grow and, and bloom? You know, what beliefs do we hold fast to? Um, what are the ways that we operate in our relationships that we want to make sure that they line up with healthy uh, habits according to the word of God? You know, these are the places, these are the seeds that we need to continue sowing healthy seed into our garden so that we see healthy results coming out. We don't want to just sow it into our own lives, but we want to sow it into the lives of others around us as well. We want to be people who are known, you know, what's the Bible say? By, by you know, we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit come out of us. When we are sowing into our flower box, things that reap the correct harvest according to the word, we are going to have the fruits of the spirit. There's going to be evidence of the fact that the seed that we're planting in our flower box is good seed. So I have this simple question. How do we deal with what we have opened the door for? How do we deal with our own weeds that we have planted and nurtured by continuing them? We're nurturing weeds when we continue in these things. And you're like, do you have any other suggestions other than the suggestions you had for um, the first two examples, you know, the the seeds that were planted before you were conceived or the ones that somebody else planted in your life. And I really don't have anything new. I would tell you, own it and ask forgiveness for it. I mean, I'm the one that opened the door for no self-control, no boundaries with eating. I needed to own it and ask forgiveness for trying to be Lord of that area of my life. And then after I ask God for forgiveness, I need to walk in obedience what does what's the direction that he has for me that the word is so clear on and I need to start planting those kind of seeds and the choices that I'm making, the things that I'm speaking over myself. And I'll tell you from a weight standpoint, you know, that was a giant that was a giant weed that had lots of roots that were strangling a lot of other good things that God was placing in my life. But as I when I owned it and I began to cut away, he it pulled out so much easier. Now, is it something that I don't ever struggle with? No, that would be a lie, right? It's something that I I have to think about every day. Honestly, I have to I have to let make sure he's Lord of that area of my life every day. But I'm not tackling the giant weed of 2011. You know, it's it's something that I've had so much more victory in, so many more wins. And um, but I need to be on my guard because it doesn't take much to just start planting some stuff that should not be there, shouldn't have been there in the first place. So I need to kind of look at your life and think about another area. Maybe for me, I'm sharing about about my, my health, my weight, but maybe there's a relationship that is very contentious in your life right now. You have to go back and look and say, what did I do? What did I do that was not correct that stirred up contention in the way that I speak to this person? And what you can't do is sit there and point the finger at them. You know, you, you look at yourself, what did I sow that, that caused this to be stressful 
or this is such a big one, especially when I was teaching kids, you know, they're coming in with nightmares and night terrors and, and anxieties or afraid about everything. And I started asking questions about what do you watch on TV with your family? And man, they list some shows that I don't watch because it would mm. give me nightmares and, mm. you know, to sit down and, and start to identify what are some things that are raising the anxiety level in your life, your fears, what are you viewing? What are you listening to? That is an open door. So if it doesn't pass Philippians 4, you know, where for eight, we're so much watching and viewing and listening to things that are pure and lovely and good repute. If it doesn't fit that, you know, pass that bill, then don't watch it because you're yep. planting seeds that are going to cause a lot of problems. Yep. Or do we find ourselves, Debbie, uh, being overly irritable with people? Uh like we get to that place where we're angry with people and then we hold on to bitterness. There are so many seeds that we plant in our own flower box um, that we really need to deal with. It, it's, I think we all could probably take our journal out and just ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what are the things, what are the seeds that I have sown into my own life that you want me to start pulling up and do things differently. You know, I bet that the list would be, sometimes I bet the list would be things that we wouldn't even call out on our own, but mm -hmm. he would identify seeds that we don't even know um, are really strangling out the good stuff in our lives as well. So really just to recap and close for today, honestly, there has been a lot here, but I do think that there are some common themes, Deb. No matter whether the seed is uh, a generational seed or we have planted it ourselves or someone has spoken it over us, you know, in these days that we're in, it seems to me that we need to identify what it is, right? There needs to be an aspect of forgiveness and then there needs to be an aspect of pulling it out and planting something new. I think that regardless of how the seed got there, that's just good, healthy uh, advice on how to take care of our flower boxes because we want our lives to grow beautiful flowers and bear beautiful fruit. You know, we want to be um, men and women that people look at us and they they see the reflection of, of Jesus, right? We don't want it to be about us, but we want our flower box to reflect the beautiful gardener who created the flower box in the first place. We want to reflect, we want our lives to reflect our relationship with Jesus, giving him glory so that other people see our lives, our flower boxes, and they desire to have a relationship with Jesus. And honestly, forgiveness is probably the the biggest key in all of that. When people see us forgive in places where it's difficult to do that. People want to know more about the one that was in us that would cause us to have that kind of a flower box that we would forgive people even when it hurts. So anything that is growing in the flower box of our lives, the flower box of our hearts, um, that is incorrect, it needs to be identified and uprooted through forgiveness in order for our flower boxes to reflect the Lord and draw all eyes to him. So powerful. We're going to just jump at the end here. You know, this intentional, good, godly seed, our love for the word of God. Anytime you plant the word in your life, it's promised to grow. Anytime that you're praying, anytime you're walking in obedience or walking with a spirit of worship, you are planting good seed that the generations that you will never, ever meet will look back and say, 
man, that, that great, great, great grandmom, Laura, you know, thank you for doing, thank you for doing that. These are amazing seeds that will reap a harvest in the future. There's a a pastor, Charles Staley, a famous pastor. He has a great quote. Today is the father of tomorrow. Yep. So what we do today really matters. It, It sets the trajectory for the rest of our lives. So we really want to be careful with how we are stewarding what he has given us you know, to be able to, to take care of our own flower box of our lives and, and those that are in the garden with us, right? Everybody's impacted by what we plant right in our own, our own lives. So as we continue in this series, really through March and April, next week, we're going to be focusing on some real practical tips on how to create an environment where there's growth, not just a little bit of growth, but exponential growth. There are some wonderful um, instruction in the Word of God, and we love to, you know, transfer it over to our garden. So planting some tips um, about how we can have much fruit, right? The Bible says much fruit. So that's what we're looking for. So thank you so much for joining us together again today. We uh, really appreciate you. If you've been blessed by this podcast, we encourage you to share it uh, among your friends. And if you have anything that you would like us to be praying or encouraging you on, you can always reach us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. We are here to be a blessing and encouragement to you. So from Debbie Kiever and Laura Pereno, we are signing off and telling you, uh, God bless you. We love you. Thanks. Bye-bye. We believe that God will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.